Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am your host, Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio Network. It is 4 o'clock here on another Saturday in the Mile High City. And if you have not figured it out, the next hour on Nothing But Net is all about the Denver Nuggets. Joining us, we have two co-hosts, both down in Colorado Springs. First, it is Denver Nuggets senior writer Gordon Gross. Gordon, what is happening? Hey, how's it going? I uh, just showed up to talk with Ashley, so um, if you're here, that's great, man, but that's, that's not really what I'm here to talk about. <laughs> oh, man. That's, you know, hey, I, I, uh, I, I grew up in Colorado Springs, all right, so I, I think I should be still accepted into the group. Uh, part of the group that's right that's right and and <laughs> me and ashley are both uh csu alums we won't talk about what happened last night but um ashley what's going on not much glad to be here <laughs> we've been doing our player preview series now for two weeks you're going on three so we're if uh we've been doing three players a week so for you math majors that means we're uh out to players seven eight and nine now which would also be the basically the last three players in the every game rotation. That's what we're going to spend the show today talking about previewing those players. So we'll start off with who I, I think is is clearly the the number seven. If you're going to say Isaiah Thomas is the number is the sixth man on the team, then the number seven guy in the rotation would definitely be Mason Plumley. So we'll open up with him. Um, talk a little bit. I mean, Mason's always an interesting guy because of uh, the contract and the, and that whole situation and the, and the trade and how that kind of leaves a bad taste in fans' mouths. Um, by no fault of Mason's, just just the way that whole trade went down. But we'll we'll break it down what he's kind of got to do this season to maybe kind of turn some of that around. Then next, uh, the 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 maybe the surprise player of last season, or the next two guys are both really the two surprise players of last season. First, it is uh, we'll go through Trey Lyles, who is now in a in a contract year uh, for the Denver Nuggets in his fourth season now in the NBA. We'll, uh, we'll talk about Trey's game, what he needs to add, and what he's got to do to get that next contract with Denver. 
And then finally, we'll wrap up the show with Tory Craig, probably the biggest surprise from last year. He has now, of course, got a full NBA deal. I want to talk about what his long-term chances are with the team and, again, what he's got to add to his game uh, to make himself kind of an everyday player instead of that fringe rotation guy. So that will likely take all of our show, especially because we have Mr. Gross on the uh, on the show today, we know. I'll try and keep it brief, man. I'll try and keep it brief. I'll try and keep it brief. There's, I mean, there's there's tons to talk about, right? About these. Uh, we're finally. It's it's kind of funny. The, I think this show is interesting because it's these are kind of the guys that it's almost they're almost it's not. A, I don't want to say it's not exciting, but you kind of just I guess you know what you you're you're gonna expect from them this season. I don't think there's a lot of uh, anticipation for any of these guys to be anything more than what they've already been last year. Whereas yeah, I think, we'll see. We're yeah. totally going to talk about that, man. That's that's all right. That's fair. That's fair. I was just going to say, I think next week when we get into those guys who are right on the outside of the rotation, the guys who haven't played and don't have any minutes, those are the exciting guys. That's right. Yeah, I know. That's right. Listen, Gordon, I'm trying to sell the show. You know, as a, as a multi <laughs> episode listeners, that's that's got to keep them coming back every week. No, but I let's, got you. Um, let's let's not uh, let's not delay any longer. And then let's get into Mason Plumley. So he is, uh, Mason's now in his second full season with the team. Of course, it was two and a half years ago at the trade deadline. He was traded from the Portland Trailblazers to the Denver Nuggets. Yusuf Nurkic, the first round pick going back the other way. That did not turn out. Year and a half, Zach. Is it a year and a half? It's been a year and a half. Yeah, because it's right. Just because it feels really long doesn't mean it's actually been as long as it feels like. No, it's because it's his second full season so i was thinking but it's actually the start of the full season not the end of the full season you see it's yeah uh i've been i've been working a lot man you gotta you gotta give me a break here i'm I'm, I'm, gonna need some pity um but no (laughs) (laughs) um so i i mean obviously you kind of have to i I, in my opinion you have to put that in the rear view mirror at this point right you gotta it is what it is the trade is what it was look it's the trade is what it is it's done right it's really Really, when you look at the players involved, when you think of Yusuf Nurkic or Mason Plumlee, you don't really have, uh, I don't think you could say either team, team really won that part of it. The fact is that, that the, since the Nuggets gave... It's the pick thing. Yeah, they gave, yeah. The, they gave the first round pick and only got a second rounder back. That uh, That's the part that stings. But it is what it is. So, now I guess, I guess looking forward, Ashley, I'll, I'll go to you first. With Mason in this upcoming season, I mean, just... What do you expect from him, and what, what in your eyes, makes a, a good season for him with the Nuggets this year? A good season, you know, what I would like to see, you know, towards the end of the year last year, um, we saw a lot of really aggressive Mason Plumley, and I really liked that side yeah. of him, just where he was really active and getting rebounds and um, protecting the rim a little bit better, and so I think... At a minimum, I'm expecting, you know, really a consistent year from him. But good season for him, for me, would just that aggressive Mason Plumley most of the time. Right, right. Yeah, I think that's a that, that's definitely a good answer because that's that's what what Mason really. I think the Nuggets got a little bit. I, I don't know if I, I don't want to say they 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 got maybe they thought a little they were a little more clever than they actually were with this whole idea of, well, we're going to bring in Mason and just keep running the same offense we run with Nikola Jokic because, you know, he can do a lot of the similar things. The fact of the matter is, is nobody can really do the similar things that Jokic can do at the level that he can do them. So 
it was it was kind of a gimmick thing. I don't think it really worked. But what does work, what Mason still can bring, is what you're talking about. I mean, it's that kind of that hustle, that energy with his size, with his strength. He just simply giving maximum effort and focus. Um, and not that he doesn't, just that... I think maybe making that the priority of his game instead of trying to be this distributor and just letting him kind of be an offensive rebounder, uh, an off-ball kind of guy, and then and then a, a rim protector. If you can do that, that really, I think, plays to his strengths and, and maximizes his value. So I would I would agree. I think that's that's what a good season looks like. I also, I want to see him be able to be do better on pick and rolls as the role man and, and getting to the rim i think he's got like i said he's he's an athletic guy i think he's there's more there's more to be juice to be squeezed from his orange on offense uh to have a strained metaphor there but i i think if you could use him you know and, and make him more of a, a rim runner in, in a pick and roll finisher um at well, that's the rim. that's isaiah thomas man like that's what he's right that's what and he's that's supposed but, to bring. And, and maybe that's yeah. it right maybe that's it because he's never they haven't had a point guard a really good point guard backup point guard to play that role with Mason Plumley, they haven't had a good pick and roll point guard for sure, right? Uh, and that's that's really what you're hoping for with Plumley is that if a good season for him is working together with um, Isaiah Thomas and really making some hay on defense, on the rim rolls, on uh, playing off of him like he played off of Lillard and and McCollum in Portland. Like, that's what you want to see, and that's what he's good at, and that's what he hasn't been able to do because the Nuggets haven't had a point guard who's really good at that, uh, at that sort of game uh, in his time here. So I'm hoping that Isaiah Thomas will bring out better things than Mason Plumlee and will help his offensive game. No one can help his free throws. But, like, <laughs> the rest of his game, it would be nice if, if you could get it back to um, to being able to do a little more, to be able to hit the, the rim hard. Like Ashley said, he was doing that at the end of the year. He was really getting back to being a... Um, a very energetic and physical player. I didn't look nearly as unsure about what was going on, but it's got to be hard to play next to uh, uh, Jokic or without him on a team without a real uh, point guard distributor. Right. Uh, right. Those are those are two tough. Like either it's not like he got to play. Here's a point guard or here's Jokic. It's here's Jokic or best of luck. We sort of are running a bunch of shooting guards who are playing point. Right, and, and basically do what Jokic d- does for us. Yeah, that, yeah, that's, pa- that's be, a, be a central passer, and that's that he wasn't able to do that in that kind of a role. Which is crazy for them to ask him to do that, you know? It's like, that's just not what he does. It's not. No. That's, it's frustrating about the Nuggets in general, and I, I'm hoping to see more clarity with that this season. It's just, you know, d- define people's roles, you know? Really yes. clearly set them in that role and allow them to be that, because just this ambiguous you know, kind of Jokic, kind of Murray, who's running things, It's it's it doesn't work. Or like we saw at the beginning of last season, Millsap, you know, trying to get him. Things. It's like, yeah, I think it's, the Nuggets have an identity, but they they don't, they need to stick to it for like a whole season. Right. We haven't yes. seen that yet. Yes, it would be great to see. But that, you know, we'll, we'll get down into the weeds on a different topic there. Let me ask you, I want to ask you this real quick, uh, Gordon. What is the what is the bar for free throw percentage for Mason Plumlee next season? Like he shot forty five point eight. Oh, I can't. We can't talk about bar for his free throws, man. Like he won't clear that. I can't be bringing stuff up that is gonna, you know, you just like yeah, you're jinxing a guy that way. He gets the yips. I mean, not that he has, doesn't already have them. He would get more of them, and it would just be bad. I I mean, it's um, got to be at least fifty percent, right? Like that. Like yeah. that's like the bare minimum. 
Agreed. Well, the the thing is, because his free throws are so bad, and because you have Millsap and Lyles who are much better at free throws than he is, he can't be in the game at the end of the game, man. Right. Right. Like that's how that works. Is you cannot have Mason Plumley late game with his free throw issues. So right. you have to that's know so that problematic. Yeah, wow. but the theory is like if you you know that he's your backup center, he's your end of the first, end of the third quarter guy, and he will not see the floor in the last six minutes of the game. He can't, um, because all you're gonna do is foul this guy and make him go to the line. Like there's no reason not to. Right. Um. So for me, uh, what I want to see from Plumley is not necessarily that he gets back to being a a fourth quarter finisher on a healthy Nuggets team. I don't expect that to happen. Um, I, w- I expect to see him be able to really um, excel at that bench pick and roll defensive center who's athletic on a backup team and can muscle some uh, smaller guys uh, near the rim for lobs and rebounds and whatever. Um, because that, that should be his gig. He should excel there. He's a back part of the, you know, like if you're thinking what, maybe he's the 25th best center in the league or, right. you know, I don't know how you'd rate him, but you know, even if he's like the 35th best center in the league, that's still a really good backup center. Right. So right. he's a good backup center. And I, I'm hoping that that's the role that they give him, but I expect him to get West minutes this year than he got last year if Millsap is healthy. Yeah. that And that's a very good point. I mean, if he's, if, if Millsap is healthy, it's. Here's the, here's the thing that's difficult because Millsap's not a not a great rim protector either. He does he does a lot of work, good work for you on the defensive end in terms of stopping penetration because he's really he's got really good hands, he's got really strong hands, and he, he creates a lot of turnovers uh, with guards who get into the into the lane and have, have if their handles a little bit loose, he's the type of guy who's going to rip that away or just poke it away and get a turnover. But he's not a He's not a, a great rim protector, and, and neither is Plumley. But that's that's the more than anybody on the team. That's the role, the guy who's best suited to fill yeah, that role. But man, like rim protecting. No offense. I watched the Grizzlies play, and Zach uh, Randolph is not a great rim protector, and Marcus All is not a great rim protector, and yet somehow those guys defended the paint just fine. So I'm not looking for the Nuggets to be a rim protecting team, and I don't think you can take a guy who's subpar at some of the crucial things like free throws and say, well, but maybe he'll get half a block at the end of a game once and that'll be better for us. Like, you right. you, you can't bet on rim protecting. He's not a good enough rim protector to do that. Let me ask you, so- Which is frustrating because they don't really have a ton of... I just feel like the Nuggets really need a solid, solid defense guy, and I don't know that they have that. They have guys that are good at defense, Paul Millsap, is probably the best that they have at defense, but you know it's 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 kind of scary going into the season knowing that you know Mason Plumley might be the guy that we have to count on for that kind of stuff and <laughs> and clutch moments, you know. And it's like yeah. right. we're still missing that piece, right? And I mean, he, I mean, he did have in his defense, he did have a. I could you know you think of that one in particular clutch block against uh, yes, was it the Thunder right that was down in the in the late, I think, but so. Yeah, I mean, he he had some big moments, and I think he could be uh, definitely a big part of this. But, Gordon, you kind of brought it up about the minutes, and so let me ask you this, Ashley. He's If Jokic is going to get 34 or so minutes a, a game, you know, if you only play Mason Plumlee strictly as your backup center, then that means he's only getting 14 minutes a game, which is also he gets about $14 million a season. So that's someone an issue. Is is. 
is there any way and is or should the Nuggets just be happy with that or is there some way that they're going to have to figure out how to put Jokic and Plumlee on the court together at the same time well I think if they can figure out how to get those Mason Plumlee really solidified in a role and not ask him to do something he's not good at which I don't know that they are capable of doing yet um I don't I don't know that I see that happening I think that you know, Mason Plumley. as long as Jokic is getting the minutes he's getting and Paul Millsap is healthy, um, Mason Plumley is probably gonna, just going to be very overpaid guy playing a few minutes per game. Right. Yeah, I I tend to agree. Good with... for his agent. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, I mean, um, I, I definitely agree because the thing is, is Mason Plumley can't shoot at all. And, and without that ability, he has to basically on offense be either, either setting screens for, for a point guard, uh, at the top of, you know, somewhere at the top of the key or, or he's going to be down, down low in the post. And, and if he's down there and you've got Jokic on the floor trying to operate from the elbow, Well, that pretty much takes away the backdoor cut, right? Because they're Mason, yes, Mason's guy is just going to be standing right there. So, it, and that's a huge part right there uh, of Jokic's game. And then again, even on, on a dribble handoff, you know, the good great thing about Jokic when he's playing center and runs that dribble handoff is he brings that center who's guarding him all the way out to the three-point line, and then he hands it off to his guy, and his guy can either A, step back on a much bigger guy who's not going to be able to... De- be quick enough to get to get a hand up and, and defend the shot or B he's going to be able to get around that center and there's going to be nobody down in the lane because the big man's already been drawn out to the to the three-point line if you have Mason Plumlee in there then that that no longer becomes you know necessarily true I mean Gordon what do you think is there is there any way they can make these two work together well I think it depends on the matchup I mean if you're running into teams with multiple large front court players um, like, I mean, Millsap is terrific, but Millsap is like six, eight, right? Like he's, he's not a huge man and he may play center for us in small ball. Right. That's the reason I'm not sure what role Mason's going to have, uh, when you're talking about who's playing center and who's not like you've got front court players who deserve time. You've got Lyles who we're still going to talk about. You've got Millsap who's going to get 30 plus a game. You've got, um, Jokic who's getting 30 plus a game. So where where are his minutes coming? They only come if he finds a role or if there is a certain matchup that you really need him for. Uh, you know, someone's guy else has to pick up Brooke Lopez or something. You know, if you don't have that matchup, then I don't see that he gets minutes with Jokic uh, short of injury. And so you're going to play him, like you said, uh, about 14 minutes a game, 15. Yeah, maybe you can get him to 16, but he played 19 last month or last year. I don't see that again. Like, I expect him to get 16 minutes a game maybe because they'll stretch it a couple of minutes here and there, and he'll get some games where he plays a lot because somebody gets injured, and that'll buff his his stats up. But no, man, like, he's he, I expect him to strictly be a backup if everybody's healthy, especially with Lyles having shown out last year as a guy who can stretch the floor and still gets rebounds. Right. You know, that just changes the game for you. It, it spaces the floor better, and that's a better fit for what Denver's trying to do on the actual starting unit. So let me ask you this, Gordon. I mean, a guy who's getting paid $14 million a season, maybe only giving you 16 minutes, you might, or it might even be, you know, you, like you said, you could have Paul Millsap playing, uh, playing, excuse me, 
playing your your small ball center at times. You could also play Trey Lyles in that small ball. Yes, center you role, could. Um, at, at some points, you really you have a guy in Thomas Welsh even who could like he could be your eight ten minute a game backup stiff center who just is there down there to you know grab rebounds and set screens and that's all he does. What do you think there's a chance that Mason Plumlee could end up getting traded just because of the contract and, and and the fit really isn't that great here with the Nuggets? Well, what they're paying him, I don't see how you trade him. Like, how are you how are you trading your fourteen million dollar player to some other team and telling them, No, no, he's worth way more than fifteen minutes a game. We just aren't using him that way. That's right. Like this is yeah. the eternal Nuggets problem. This yes, is what they, they do overpay. Like they overpay, they zap value, and then they're stuck. It is very true. So, We've seen that many so yeah, <laughs> I, I I just expect him to be here and be at a, an expiring contract for next year's for next summer. You know what I mean? Right. Where you can move him to a team. I don't know. Atlanta will probably still be looking for another center next year. You know, and you you figure out who you're going to move him to, and you probably include a second rounder or do something weird. But it, I ex- I expect Mason to be here this year because I don't think you're going to be able to move him at the trade deadline for anything you can actually use. And there's always the chance that Millsap gets injured or, God forbid, like uh, Jokic gets injured, in which case you probably wind up starting um, Isaiah Thomas. And then you're running a pick and roll all the time. And then you have a use for, you know what I mean? Like you change your backup plan and and Mason's there for you and you know you have to make the playoffs this year. Malone's on a on a no year contract at this point. He's he's a playoffs or bust kind of guy. Yeah. He loves um, Plumley, and I don't expect them to trade Plumley. The insurance policy is too necessary for them in a make or or break it year. That is a very good point. I think you know it would ha- it would take something like Welsh uh, having just you know tearing up the G League and then getting some minutes. Uh, one way or another up here, you know, kind of, he Welsh would have to follow the same path that Craig followed last year to where you'd feel like, okay, at the trade deadline, maybe, uh, maybe you could move him. And I think, you know, you're right. It's going to be tough to convince some team to give you anything of great value, but like we just saw with the, uh, the Phoenix Suns and the Houston Rockets deal, it was, you know, they, they traded Ryan Anderson and, and Brandon Knight, neither one on a great contract, but you could argue, you know, maybe better fits. For the team, and so I could see maybe the Nuggets doing something like that if they had, if they they felt strong and well, sure, even if they felt like they could get, a, you know, a, a multiplayer deal where they get a, a center who's not not as expensive, not as good as Plumlee, uh, but they also pay, take back an, another guy who's maybe on a, uh, you know, on a not so great contract because Plumlee's contract isn't an albatross by any means; it's just not great. So, I mean, I, I could see that happening. I think you're right, though, Gordon. I think there's a more a more likelihood of next season when it's an expiring deal uh, than at least getting off of it for fairly cheap, for at least for not having to pay to get off of it. That That's the potential right. problem that's the hope. This, this trade deadline is you might have to pay a pick uh, to get off of that deal. And there's no need to, man. We, we, have, we have the spots, and he's a good locker room guy. He's a very, he's a very good backup center. There's no reason you have to get off of him. Your money for this year is spent. Like it's you're not trying to get below the cap really anymore. They fixed all of that this off season, so right. you're not trying to save a bajillion dollars, which I thought they might be trying to do at the at the trade deadline. But they've set it up pretty well that they don't have to do that now. So you can ride the season out with a very expensive but very serviceable backup. It's okay. Well, I will say that I I do feel like. Maybe if the opportunity to get a really quality backup center that may be a better fit than Mason Plumley arises, I hope they do take it at the trade deadline. And I know this is going to 
probably make some people mad, even if it causes them to miss the playoffs. Because I'm, I'm thinking Mason Plumlee is not a long-term fit for the Nuggets. And Agreed. So if if the goal is just to make the playoffs and make a first-round exit, I don't like that goal. That kind of stinks. I'd rather see them, you know, if, if they somehow come upon a chance to get somebody that's going to take them farther in the long run, do that, you know, so that we have a, a more solid future. Right. You could maybe take a chance on a on a younger player who just hasn't uh, worked out. I'm sure. I mean, that, that was the other part of that. The, the funny part. Marquise Chris will yeah. be available. Yeah. I'm sure. It's, I was saying, well, that was the other part of that deal, <clears throat> right? Was you got they got Marquise Chris, a young player who um, obviously did not work out. A high draft pick didn't work out there. I mean, we saw that with Portland did the same thing when they traded for, when they traded Mason Plumlee for Yusuf Nurkic. I mean, that's we if we can get the Mason Plumlee trade, what we traded for Mason Plumlee, like the, the Nuggets should do that in. You know, yes, I agree with that. That's yeah. If, if there's other teams out there that want to do what we did, that's perfect. Yeah, give me that. Don't think they're not probably not good odds that happen, but we can dream. All right, let's uh, let's move on to let's move on to Trey Lyles, the other the other big man backup coming off the bench. Trey, of course, like I said at the beginning of the show, I mean one of the bigger surprises of the season. I think we all were were pretty confused that you might you might still be able to find that Facebook Live video. I think all three of us were actually. Dumbfounded. The word was dumbfounded. <laughs> as live, live as we were uh, uh, finding out they had traded for Trey Lyles. I remember. I think I said. I think uh, that's fairly peculiar. <laughs> I You're right. The word I used. Um, but Trey well, Lyles, the, the trifecta, man. The trifecta, and it wasn't Trey's fault, but no, it was just that Trey Lyles and Tyler Wyden and Juancho Hernan Gomez all fit the same theoretical role on this team, and so that's what Trey has to overcome is to to prove that Denver should be paying him an extension for the same role that one of their rookie contract guys should be filling also. Right. Right. But, but he did, I mean, he did have a good season last year. He came out, he he kind of showed up as the guy later in the season who was, gave them some of that scoring punch off the bench that they needed, especially when Will Barton, when you think about it, Will Barton nearly played more games as a starter than as a, than as off the bench. He was only, uh, he was only, a, I think, one game shy. I think he played 40, 40 games as a, a, a starter and 41 off the bench. So a lot of the times they didn't have him as that scoring punch off the bench. And when you think about the rest of the Nuggets bench, there really uh, was not any other any other options for scoring. And Lyles kind of gave them that, especially in a couple games when he was really knocking down those three. So he did, I think he, you know, he showed some promise. But you bring up a really good point there, Gordon, in that you got two other guys who are on cheaper contracts for longer because, as we know, Lyles is in his his final year of his deal. So, I mean, I guess let's let's start with this assumption. I'll go to you with this, Ashley. He's he's going to be part of the rotation at least to to get out of start to start the game, uh, the preseason. I would say, and and probably the regular season too. Last season, we saw him kind of get somewhat regular minutes, but there were still times down the stretch where he actually didn't see minutes at all. Going into this year, what do you think is a, is a typical amount of minutes that he should be getting? Should he be an everyday rotation guy, or should they still be using him only in certain situations? I think he's earned a spot on the regular rotation. I mean, I think that he's proven that he has the poise for it. He's shown that he can you know, not just get in the game and blow a lead that the starting lineup has created. Um, he can maintain and he can push things forward. And so, um, 
you know, I do think the Nuggets need to keep his minutes active because of Paul Millsap's age. And, right. you know, he's going to be more prone to injury. And beyond that, I think they should probably balance his minutes, Paul Millsap's minutes, I mean, uh, to keep him healthy for longer throughout the season. And right. so I think Leiden has, it's not like Leiden is the, oh, shoot, I guess if Millsap's hurt, we can throw Leiden in there. Like, no, he's a, he's a viable guy to have in the game, and he's super helpful. So I'd like to see them give him, you know, 15 minutes a game and, and keep his time up. And because the last thing I'd, I'd like to see is him rot on the bench. And then when they need him, if somebody gets hurt, then they've got to, you know, waste a few games losing, trying to build him back up. Right. Right. I did like how you channeled your inner Dan uh, Lewis there and referred to him as Lydon, even though. <laughs> did I say that? Yeah. Lyles. I'm so sorry. Goodness gracious. It okay. Boy, it's late. It's sorry. Just, it's Gordon's, it's Gordon's <laughs> point to a T. They're so similar that you're just like, a... Oh, they're all, they're all roster. trying to be the same guy. Like, sorry, Lyles is who I mean to say. Lyles and Lydon is even, I mean, it's even close. And I mean, Trey Lyles, Do not Tyler give Lydon. Tyler Lydon 15 minutes a game, please. <laughs> no, no. Under oh, no circumstances. No, no love for Ty Lye. Um, <laughs> no, Ty Lye, I like <laughs> This you you give you, that that is a very very good point about Paul Millsap though because he is old and Paul Millsap he's old he's I think is he uh, he's the same he's age. my he's, age you know, but I was yeah. he's actually younger than me <laughs> uh, but um, he's he, in basketball terms he's he's getting uh, he's getting up there in age and, and you know I mean last year he still averaged thirty minutes a game granted he didn't play very many games but he still averaged uh, thirty minutes a game I think you kind of want Paul probably more down in that twenty eight minute a game range is where where i think you, you get the most bang for your buck and that leaves you know that leaves trey lyles with about 20 minutes or so a game uh to play as well and that and in my eyes that's right about where he is now, at. wait a minute you want to pay you're you're griping about paying 14 million dollars for 14 minutes for plumley but you want to pay the 35 million dollar man or whatever uh 28 minutes a game I think he's like thirty million, or maybe even twenty Whatever. million now this season. It's, it's a giant close. ass amount yeah, of money. Okay, look, there's only there's only so many minutes in a game you can actually play. At some point, <laughs> though, that curve of minutes to dollars is. Paul Millsap is in better shape than than Nikola Jokic. Okay. Paul Millsap like, in better shape than like fair, everybody other than maybe Mason Plumlee and yeah. Vlatko Chancho. I'm just saying, I'm not I'm not worried about minutes <laughs> per game rubbing him wrong. Like he'll be okay. <laughs> At thirty, at thirty-one, thirty-two minutes a game, he's like, right. "That's I, no, no concern about Paul Millsap's age." All right, fair enough. But I mean, Paul Millsap—he's thirty-three. Is like, it's, it, he's not thirty-seven. He's not—he's not Dirk out there. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many minutes do you think Trey Lyles should get then, Gordon? Well, I'm still on. I think about last year was probably about right, like uh, eighteen, nineteen minutes a game. Um. Again, it's going to be hard to tell who's playing, like who's healthy, uh, who matches up well with who. Because once again, we're going to go through another um, dynamics uh, exercise the first few games of the year because there's not as many playoff or uh, preseason games this year, rather. So you don't have as much time to mix and match lineups and see who works together. You just kind of have to guess. Oh God! Yeah, please no more mixing of the lineups. Let's yeah, it's gonna be. We're gonna year. do that. We're gonna do that first <clears throat> ten games that we all loved last year, Ashley, where we're 
we're just wondering who's going to play this this who's time and yeah. yeah what's the lineup going to be we, so will we go commit. with uh, will we go with an 11 man rotation or will we go with a 7 man rotation yeah exactly it could be either or it could be anything <laughs> like yeah, it's it's rotation bingo and i'm trying to hope that we can avoid that Let's but not do that yeah but yeah I, seriously like Trey Wiles fits a perfect role on this team when he is on. Um, he was a little inconsistent last year. He had some beautiful games and some what-are-you-doing Trey games. Right. But, you know, it, it, that's okay. It's to be expected. Um, but he was uh, he was great from beyond the arc. He was great rebounding again. Um, so he uses his height very well in the paint. He's Even though he's not a shot blocker, he uses his height very well in the paint for rebounding purposes. Um, I find that I'm a lot more critical of Trey Lyles, and it's funny because I, once I remember how old he is, right? I'm like, oh, yeah, because he's just so, for his age, I feel like he's got so much poise that I tend to look at him with a much more critical eye. You feel like he's but, Tory Craig's age, like maybe, you yeah. know, like he should be in his prime right now, and uh-huh. he's nowhere near that, yeah. Right. So I think this next season's going to be good for him. I expect him to be good. I don't, yeah. I expect him to be good enough that the Nuggets can't afford him. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally, like, I yeah. expect him to be good enough that the Nuggets can't afford him, so I want them to be able to find time for Wancho to find yeah. out what Wancho's got, because you need to know if you need to find some cash and, and maybe move someone like, say, Plumley, uh, in order to find the cash for Lyle so you don't have to break your team up. Right. Yeah. Um, but you don't know if you need to do that unless you know what Wancho's bringing to the table. So, Lyle's is minutes... Need to... Yeah, he's going to be a small forward, right? I mean, we still we still need to figure who that is going to be. I mean, uh, obviously Will Barton, but nobody knows who's going on a small forward. Like <laughs> that, that's the small forward position. They're going to try Wancho there, but he's not really a three. And I'm sure Wiles will get a few minutes, and he's not a three either. Like everybody's everybody's holding the seat just for, yeah, for Michael Porter Jr. They're, they're holding it for Michael Porter Jr. That if he's healthy, then it change again. Yeah, it once not, again it changes right. the whole lineup. You know, if he's ready to go and you can give him bench 15, 20 minutes, look out. Like, that's going to that's gonna throw off a whole bunch of people's games, including possibly Trey Wiles. Absolutely. All right, tell you what, here's what I want to do. We're going to – let's go ahead and hit a break. And then when we come back, I want to I wanna keep going on the Trey Lyles discussion because I want to – I think we were getting on to actually something really good there about – about Michael Porter Jr. and actually how he would affect Trey Lyles. I might just change our rundown here just a bit. Uh, or make it up as I go, because that's what we do here on the Pickaxe Punish Show. So we will be right back, and stay tuned. At Encore Electric, we've built and maintained some of the region's most notable power, technology, and energy projects. Our teams are at the forefront of electrical, design, construction, and service. Encore's use of technology is well in front of our vertical. Encore also offers us opportunities to expand our knowledge. Career opportunities are available. Hard work pays off. And since day one, I've been growing within the company. I like it here a lot. Grow, thrive, be who you are. Join our team today. back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show, Zach Pikash, Ashley Douglas, Gordon Gross. We are going through our player previews. We got Mason Plumley out of the way, and now we got into Trey Lyles. I want to I take, kind of come back to that one conversation about, so if Michael Porter Jr. is healthy, 
it almost makes it almost makes it like Trey Lyles. Is, I think that the chances of Trey Lyles being with the Nuggets long term then become incredibly slim, because Agreed. you you you're gonna give you're gonna even have Michael Porter Jr. eventually be your starting small forward, but he's gonna play a lot of power forward minutes as well, you know, and he's gonna kind of swing and he can do if he's healthy, he can do everything that Trey Lyles can do and more. So it's it's not it just to me seems like that would be. Um, that would kind of be the 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 nail in you'd the have coffin, him, I guess. Yeah, you'd you'd have him in a in a Harrison Barnes role where he's playing a three or a four, depending on what's going on. He can score. He's got some stuff going on. Like we don't necessarily know what Michael Porter Jr.'s upside is, but you know, a reasonable middle ground would be something along those lines. Um, and then you're you're like you said, you're sucking minutes then from both. Uh, Wancho and um, Trey Wiles because your stretch whatever it's easier to it, it, he's got so much talent right you watch Porter shoot just randomly standing around and like the basketball genes just you know shine through he's he oozes I was born to play basketball right Um, in ways that some other guys don't necessarily uh, it's just a matter of what you can get out of him and what you can get out of him this year um, if, if he's healthy, then you would think you would tr- move Trey Wiles at the, at the deadline, knowing that you've got Mike minutes for Michael Porter Jr. And you've got Wancho as a backup in case somebody gets injured. Right. And you might as well move Lyles cause he's the guy on the expiring deal. So you should get something for him. You could get something rather than nothing. Well, you can't. Yeah. Ashley, let me ask you this. So if that's the case, is it, what, what else does Lyles have to do? Because if he's just going to be a stretch for and Michael Porter Jr. gets healthy, then that pretty much takes, you know, like I said, it makes Trey Lyles pretty much expendable. So what else does he have to add to his game? Or is there anything else that you think he realistically could add to his game that would make him anything more than just a stretch for? You know, I think that going back to somebody who could really be a staple for defense for the Nuggets, and I think potentially Michael Porter Jr. could give him a run for his money there. But I think he's got he's got so many years on Michael Porter Jr. that I think if he shows this year that he's kind of coming into his prime and he's going to play with consistency and poise on a, you know, regular basis, then then perhaps he's somebody that the Nuggets can rely on. I just I really worry about the Nuggets bringing Michael Porter Jr. up way too quickly. Right. You know, like they did with Emmanuel Moutier. You know, they threw right. him in there and they're like, "All right, dude, go." And and there's there's some of that with any rookie I understand in the NBA, but you know, given his injury situation, I, I would like to see them keep other people around rather than just trying to rely on rely on him to get the job done too quick. Right. That, and that's well, and he hasn't played a lot of basketball in two years. Like you said, it's he didn't he didn't well not two, but he didn't play any college, and he was injured before that. Like you know, his games in college were a handful of really busted injury. You shouldn't be playing games. His his experience level is Moutier's experience level because Moutier yeah, had a handful scary. of of injury busted games in China, and then yes. you know that was it, and they came right. to the to the league. So he has Moutier like, level experience. I agree with you. Right. Right. It, when when Moutier came, everybody was so excited. Oh, he's had professional experience. No, he played eleven games in China. Right. Right. That's right. like that is not you know sufficient. It's not so, the same thing. Yeah. Right. I think it's like to be determined with Porter. Yeah, and he played like what, like thirty minutes at Mizzou 
or something like right. that. You know, I mean, it's which, very small. I mean, you know, I, I, and then the counter argument, of course, is a guy like Kyrie Irving, who it was the same situation. I mean, he played, I think, a handful of games more more than Michael Porter Jr. played, but a handful of games at Duke, you know, and then got injured, got drafted first overall, and ended up being a very good basketball player. So it can work out the other way. It's just. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta handle the guy right. And, and Porter Jr. is in a good situation with the Nuggets because, because of the time that they they can take with him, that they don't necessarily need him right away. But if they move off of a guy like like a Trey Lyles, then suddenly, yeah, they're they're suddenly putting more pressure on him to be healthy and to produce because suddenly their depth at that position is only very good instead of ridiculously. Yeah. And I. <laughs> I will say that I really do think that part of Emmanuel Mounier's tank at the beginning of his career can be blamed on the Denver Nuggets. Oh yeah, I, for I, how how they brought him up, you know. Well, yeah, we're so. putting the, pulling the whole offense on him. The nice thing about about Trey Wiles is he's not the point guard, and they're not making him make every decision every game. Yeah, right. they're asking him. They're like, "Look, man, Trey, you're a you know you're a third year player. You go over here." And so the hope would be that for Porter, that would be the same thing. You don't have to make reads. I just need you to. Step over here, find the open spot, nail the jumper. Right. You know what I mean? You can you can teach him the game as he goes, but you can make him a spot up shooter from three. Like his his shot is ridiculously good. Like it, just watching it, you don't understand how he ever misses a shot. So it, it's one of those things where you watch a guy with a pure jumper, and you're like, well, can you just catch a ball and shoot it? Because if you can do that, I can find minutes for you um, in this offense. So that's luckily they're not going to make him carry the load the way they did with Moutier, which I agree with you was very detrimental to his game. Right. Um, right. And the, and but, the other thing too about it that's different is Moutier, when he came to the team, he what they had just got done trading and they hadn't even traded yet, but they were just about to trade Ty Lawson. who had kind of been the face right. uh, ever since Gallo had got hurt and the, the Nuggets were at a really low point. And so when they got Moutier, he was immediately, like, supposed to be the guy who was supposed to kind of be, like, the savior of the franchise, right? Whereas with Michael Porter Jr., it's like, well, we already have Nicole Jokic. You know, we already know who's our guy and, and who is the face of our franchise. You know, so they, they he, that's the other thing is he won't have that pressure uh, on his shoulders. But, again, hopefully they, the Nuggets have learned, you know, that, yeah, they've got to, you know, they've got to handle it more like a Gary Harris or a, or a Nikola Jokic, uh, to a certain degree, uh, than they do, obviously, than they want to do in a main Or even like a guy like Jamal Murray. I mean, Murray came off the bench his his entire rookie season. They didn't they didn't really rush him into that, um, that, that spotlight. And it's worked for all of those guys. So the, the, that's the only different... The one guy who didn't work out uh, in, this, in this front office's tenure uh, in terms of their draft picks is also... Um, Really, the the one guy they they rushed because you could say Yusuf Nurkic didn't Nurkic didn't work out, but that wasn't a he was working out, and then they got in that weird situation where Jokic suddenly was working out a little yeah, better. Yeah, right, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, uh, let's close up the Trey Lyles talk with this. Gordon, is there any possible way, and what would he have to do to get an extension and end up being with the Nuggets uh, for more than just the, this year? Well, I agree with um, the Ashley. He would have to show that he can be a two-way player um, in the sense of, like, yes, he can shoot, and yes, he can rebound. 
Um, but can you defend the wing? Can you stop anybody inside? Can you be a small ball five for the bench? Like, how many roles can you fill? If you're versatile and your shot remains wet, like if you can still, you know, uh, shoot it from three, you shoot it from the three-point line, you, you, you dunk on back cuts, you know, like if you can be a Gary Harris from a 3-4, a, a you know, yeah, that you got a role on this team and they will find you some money. Like there's there, versatility is very valuable on the Nuggets. The ability to slide between roles, um, and and morph to what the defense can't handle is really important when you're playing with somebody like Jokic. Um, I like to find roles, but the Nuggets can always find a guy who can stand on the open three point line and hit a shooter and hit a jumper. Right. Like, you know, they they weren't able to find that before. Like in the Carmelo Anthony era, they couldn't find anybody who could do that, but. These days, you can find a big who can hit an open shot. Um, and again, they they already have several of them, theoretically, on the roster. So what I want to see from Trey Wiles is the ability to defend his position, to uh, keep doing those rebounds, to maybe play some small ball big man inside. Um, I'm curious to see what role they deploy him in. Uh, but I, I really think that I expect them to deploy him as just a stretch four and for him to be good at it and for him to probably go somewhere else after the year. That's my expectation. Yeah, I, I you know what? It's funny is when I was writing the rundown, I really didn't know how I felt about this this question on Lyles. But just, just the, our conversation has really swayed me to the side that I just don't – it's hard to see a situation where he gets an extension because of the fact of what we talked about with Michael Porter Jr. Because of the fact that they have – Juancho Hernan Gomez and Tyler Lydon on rookie contracts because of the fact that, I mean, everybody knows that I'm, I'm, I'm the world's biggest fan, but Vlako Chanchar looked really good in summer league and he also plays the same <laughs> position. Uh, same role. Yeah. And here's the thing. And if Trey Lyles wants an extension, that's who he has to play like, but at the NBA level, because when you think about what Vlako did in summer league, that made him so, uh, that made everybody, you know, buzzing about him wasn't what he was doing on the offensive end. It was that he was a basically the best defender on the court and it didn't matter if that was out at the perimeter or down low he was consistently their best guy out on that court that's what you kind of need out of Trey Lyles that that versatility on defense from the four that can be so you could hey if we're playing the Warriors we could put you on Kevin Durant for a couple of shifts but hey if we're also playing uh you know somebody like trying to think who's a really good power forward I don't think Trey but even Hey, if we could put you, we're playing the Pelicans and you could play against Anthony Davis for just some short stretches and at least not just get murdered by him. You know what I mean? And be, and just be a solid all around defensive forward that I think I'm I'm with both of you. I think that's kind of what he's got to do to make him and in the eyes of the front office indispensable to the point that they're going to give him an extension. Because here's the thing, if he's just a stretch four and he's knocking down threes and he's a consistent, you know, points off the bench guy and he ends up averaging something like 13 points a game or something, somebody's going to probably offer him a fairly decent contract to go be that guy for them because they'll have that yep. need and they don't have you know, uh, like five three other guys. Forwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. He deserves that too. Right. right. No, he's done everything right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, it's just, I don't know. I mean, actually, I'll, well, I'll let you have the final thought, but what about you? Do you think there's any chance he ends up getting an extension uh, after this year? Um, I guess I'm just interested to see how things play out. You know, I'm interested to see how Michael or Porter's uh, injury impacts him. And if he's really able to get, get going. I want to see how Wancho can can do because I really do think 
before he got mono, he was, he was really starting to get in a good spot with the nuggets, you know? Yeah. So, uh, there's so many variables. I don't know, but you know, in the event that, that, you know, Wancho doesn't work out, you know, and, and maybe, uh, Porter is not completely ready in the first season. Then I think, and I think, yes, but if, but if Porter's ready and he probably will be, then then probably not. Right. The, the other, I guess the other angle that I was just thinking of is that, you know, if Paul Millsap has, it doesn't play well or, or gets injured again and it misses a ton of time, the Nuggets can get out of that contract after the end of this year. So that's the other thing, you know, if Lyles is playing really well and Millsap is really struggling there, there's that potential that the Nuggets can be like, you know what, we're going to, maybe we'd rather spend yeah, 12 million point. on Lyles than 30 million on, on Millsap. Well, and even let's, I mean, even if they do keep him around for the final year, it's just one more year. I mean, you know, Millsap is not a long-term guy. So, you know, maybe they keep Lyles around because I definitely think he could be as he gets better in his career. So, right, right. No, yeah. And that's a good investment. That's kind of the thing to wrap up the, the discussion, I think, is that's what he's really got to prove is that he is a long-term solution for the Nuggets and he's not just a role player that they could easily just replace you know with right. another he could be somebody else's sixth man so right. if he's going to be our ninth man you can't pay him like somebody else's sixth man right yep absolutely absolutely I was just trying to look at we were talking about Wancho there I mean the other thing that we got to remember about Wancho is he did shoot 40% uh, from three point line in his first in his rookie year granted it was only on 113 attempts Wiles had the year I expected from Wancho, so I still expect Wancho to have that. Um, He's he's got all that potential in him. He plays amazingly well for the Spanish national team. Like I expect that Wancho to take a leap. The question is whether he'll do it this year or next year. Right, right, absolutely. All right, let's get in. Let's move on to Tory Craig's. We're we're gonna run short on time here. Um, this is your fault this time. I didn't talk that much. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I've been I've been carrying on. Uh, so, uh, Tory Craig, we assume, I think there's definitely, Lyle, I think Lyles is fairly locked into his rotation spot. I think Tory Craig is out of the gate, the the backup small forward, but I think that, out of any position, that one is certainly up for grabs in training camp. Ashley, do you think that just going into training camp, Tory Craig should be kind of slotted in as the backup small forward? Uh, yeah, maybe initially, but again, I'd like to see what Wancho is capable of at that position. Um, you know, I know that he's also power forward and he can, but, but I've, I've liked him in that role a little bit. Um, but I, I think Tory Craig's enthusiasm and his, uh, he's got such a great attitude. I think he does play good defense. I think he's earned that, that backup small forward out of the gate and, you know, <laughs> He's he's got quite a few pounds on Will Barton, so you know having Will Barton start at the small forward role is kind of like a tiny forward, you know, right. not just a small forward but a tiny forward. So it's going to be tough against bigger lineups, and so um, I'm excited to see what Tory Craig can do. Right, I mean Craig, uh, Craig and Barton is similar in height, but you're right, Craig seems to he's more got probably got some better strength and just is I mean is shown to be a better uh, defender despite. What one one voter thought of Will Barton and giving him an all defensive team vote, but I mean, Tory yeah, Craig is he's he's probably the you know I mean he's he's probably the best perimeter defender the Nuggets have right now. So 
He, I, I think for that reason, he's the alone, most willing. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's and a he, good way to put he it. makes he he doesn't make very many mistakes on that end. So he, he that by default, that's pretty much all you got to do to be the best perimeter defender on the Nuggets right now. But <laughs> um, <laughs> but for that reason alone, I think yeah, he does deserve that kind of swing. And it's really you know he's he's the swing small forward. Yeah, he's a yeah yeah. Guard. Um, yep. Just yeah, like he's a swing man. But um, right. he, I think he, he deserves that spot right out of the gate, at least. What about you, Gordon? Same. No, I agree with that. He, uh, just from a defensive perspective, no matter which what role you're playing, unless Gary Harris is out there, you don't have even a a middling defender uh, playing either the two or the three. So you can you can mix and match him into those wing defensive roles when you need them against either somebody shooting guard or their small forward. It, it it just gives him some versatility. I expect him to be that the defensive replacement off the bench for smaller wings. Like that's how that's gonna go. Right. Well, we have to keep in mind that you know since he's a backup, it's gonna be good that his defense is gonna be useful at at the perimeter, particularly because Isaiah Thomas is not. Right. Ooh. <laughs> and so that's going to be crucial in that backup unit. Right. Right. Especially, you know, I mean, you've got, you've got, I guess, Mason Plumley, but other than that, I mean, Trey Lyles, like we said, we hope he adds that defense, but he doesn't have that yet. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Isaiah Thomas. And then really whoever that third guy is in your rotation, who's one of your, you know, one of your starters, if it's one of your wing players, whether it's Gary Harris or Jamal Murray, or, or Will Barton, you're still going to be undersized as well. So it's, yeah, you're right. I mean, Torrey Craig has to be uh, that stingy leader, really, the leader of the, the defense, at least out on the perimeter on that backup unit, because they don't really have any other, other anybody else to turn to. I mean, the other, you know, you think about the guys who might challenge him, a guy like a Malik Beasley uh, also as well. But there, there again is another undersized. So I'm kind of with you that I want to see what Wancho can do. Just because he's got he's got more length than anybody else, and I think the Nuggets need some more length on their. Wancho is huge. He's huge. If you look at him, like you don't realize how big that guy is until he stands next to somebody like right. Nikola Jokic, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a big man. Like right. Wancho's a legit six ten. You know, big shoulders, like not a skinny kid. He's got some size to him, so I'm I'm with you guys. If he can show that he can actually have quick enough feet to play the three, um, he could push out. He could push uh, Tory Craig to just being a, uh, I guess to getting spot minutes as a as a defender, you know, here and there. But I think that that hurts Craig. He's he showed in big minutes in the G League that he knows how to score. Right. He didn't show it in the NBA at all, really. Because his role was defend, don't worry about scoring, and so he couldn't hit a shot from the free th- from the free throw line. He was bad from three point range because he wasn't he wasn't in rhythm. He didn't have in rhythm shots. Those were the only shots he was taking on the floor. Was I got fouled? Here's one shot, or I heaved up a three. That's it. Right. You know, so I, I feel bad for him if he's not going to be able to to get in rhythm and actually take a few shots, get set up with some open threes from a penetrating Isaiah Thomas. You know, he's got some shooting ability. He's got some scoring ability that he didn't show last year in the NBA. Uh, I'm curious to see what happens with him this year and whether having a real backup point guard. Uh, we have a couple of them now. So between Morris and, and uh, Isaiah Thomas, there are guys who can get in the ball, and maybe then he could go ahead and 
show a little more scoring, which would help the Nuggets out a lot on the bench too. Right. Actually, let me ask you this. Is that kind of what he has to do? He has to add that scoring element in order to be a, a like kind of like we're talking about with Lyles, in order to be a long-term piece for the Nuggets? I think he'll definitely want to, you know, add that to his game or, or I guess showcase that in the, in the NBA. But I think, you know, and, and you guys are going to roll your eyes. I know it. You look at the Boston Celtics. <laughs> They're building a team that that can play defense. They can score and they can play defense. And their backup unit can score and they can play defense. And so if people like Trey Lyles and Torrey Craig can come in here and be that backup unit that really adds some stability for the Nuggets, I think that's something that is going to make him super valuable for the team long term. Gordon, would you agree that's what it? Uh, t- I mean, Boston Celtics references aside, but uh, would you <laughs> would you agree that's kind of what it takes for Torrey to be a long term piece? Is he's got to show more on that offensive end? Yeah, he's got he's got to be able to score. He's not a good enough like he's a willing defender, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's also hacktastic at it at times. Um, he's no Andre Roberson like. Right. This that he's not a defensive wizard. He's just a guy who's willing to defend, which on the Nuggets makes him unique. But league wide isn't all of that special. Right. So he's got to really be able to show that he can finish inside. He can take these fouls and get to the line and and make those shots. He can take threes. Like he showed all that in the G League that he has potential to do those things. Uh, now they just need to show him be more of a complete player. And that's right. – I don't think that's too much of an ask. Like, you're asking him to be bench Gary Harris with, like, actual size. and He can do that. Like, that's that's something that Torrey Craig is set up for. So being lesser Gary Harris is no slight. That's right, no. That's quite a good compliment to a player. And if he can do that, then he has a long-term future with the Nuggets because they don't have that on the bench right now. That's what they were hoping for from Beasley, and it hasn't really happened. Uh, and they don't really have anybody else who can fill that role at the moment. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to be Monte Morris. It's not going to be any of those other guys. Any of the other guards on the bench. It's not going to be them. Right. It's that. It's kind of the opposite of of Lyles' situation. Whereas Craig, there's yeah, there's really not there's not a ton of people at that scarcity guard spot. Yeah, yeah. That, that are going to push him at that swing, uh, two three spot. It's Barton. It's Craig, and then it's Beasley. Those are the only those are the only three guys on the team that they have really can fill that role. Even even in their you know their their long long term guys like we talk about how Michael Porter Jr. can push could push Lyles. I mean the other long term guys like I said Monty Morris is a point guard, uh, Jared Vanderbilt is a forward. Um, you know I mean Devon Akun Purcell is like his his biggest the, the would be the next uh, sort of wing player and I don't know I mean again maybe you know that's where Tory Craig followed that maybe a Cooper self follows the same path and it could push Craig, but that's about, that's about as much competition as he has right now for the spot. So it's his to lose, but I'm with both of you. It's going to have to be the, uh, it's going to have to be the offensive end that makes him a valuable piece for this team long-term. All right. That is going to do it for us on the pickaxe pundit show. Make sure you guys are all following us on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh. Gordon is at G money nugs. Ashley is at Ashley NBA hoops. Uh, Denver Stiffs is at Denver Stiffs. Nothing but net radio is at NVN dash radio. We're also over on Instagram at Denver Stiffs on Facebook. Follow us there. Give us a like. And then if you are listening to the podcast version, 
First of all, why are you not listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio app? You can play it in your car, listen to it at work, listen on your computer as well. Just go to dashradio.com, tune it to the Nothing But Net Radio channel, and you will hear all kinds of great team-specific shows just like this one. Uh, general NBA shows, and then some cool music in between. So make sure you guys are checking that out. But if you are listening to the podcast version of this, if you would leave a rating and subscribe, we would appreciate it. All right, Ashley, Gordon, appreciate you both being on. Very business-like. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Very, very business-like. It's all business here on the Pick Rats. <laughs> all right, everybody, we will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Hi, I'm Susan from Safeway. Are you ready for a road trip? You can save on gas by shopping at Safeway. It's easy. Shop at Safeway and earn gas reward points. Then save up to 20 cents per gallon at participating Chevron or Texaco stations or up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations. That's right, up to $1 per gallon at Safeway stations just for shopping with us. Redeem your rewards at participating Chevron, Texaco, and Safeway gas stations. Limited to 25 gallons in a single fill-up. Other restrictions and exclusions apply. Visit store or Safeway.com for details. This is Susan from Safeway, and we'll see you soon.